All right, well, we're going to go into the Word this morning, and if you have your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 9 this morning. Matthew chapter 9. And I want to just talk about something that the Lord's been working on me with, and um, I was talking to Susie a little bit about this, but just... You know, you think, sometimes you think you know something, but then you go through something and it's like, no, I didn't even know, right? Like, now I know what that's really like. Now I understand. Now I can comprehend. And I really had a sense that the Lord was doing, has been working on me to have a heart of compassion, a heart of compassion. Everybody say a heart of compassion. We're going to talk this morning about the compassion of Jesus because that is, there is so much power when the Lord gives us a heart of compassion. There is something that happens that we need to be aware of that when we recognize and we're truly moved, when we see people, perhaps they're in a situation, maybe they're in a a bind, maybe they're going through some things, and sometimes that makes us uncomfortable, right? We'll like, we'll wanna, we'll we'll do our Christian duty, we'll wanna pray with them, and we just wanna pray so we can move on, right? And, And get to what we need to do, right? But a heart of compassion is a heart that sees people. It sees them in their need. And how many of you know it's not our job to fill that need? Jesus oftentimes wants to use those moments to bring glory to himself to meet that need that that person has. Anybody with me this morning? And so I want to look at the compassion of Jesus and some examples of his of this through his, the life and the ministry of Jesus. And I want to start in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. And if you don't have your Bibles, you can follow along on screen. But I, I would like for us to read these three verses, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through 38. Let's start reading. Verse 35, ready, go. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered, like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Notice it starts here. It says, Jesus went about all the cities and all the villages. And it says that he was teaching them in their synagogues or at church. He was teaching them in their synagogues. He was preaching the good news of the kingdom. And he was healing, notice, every sickness and every disease among the people. How many of you know Jesus came to teach? He came to declare the good news, and he came to bring healing to our lives, amen? And it doesn't just say he healed some sicknesses. It doesn't say that he healed some people who were in need. It says that he healed every sickness and every disease. How many of you know, no matter what you are feeling in your body, it is not above the healing power of Jesus? It doesn't matter if it's something that was accidental. It doesn't matter if it was something that maybe is your own fault. How many of you know Jesus heals every sickness and every disease? 
But notice it says, Jesus went about all the cities teaching, preaching, and healing. How many of you know Jesus was pretty busy? Would you agree? Jesus, Jesus was on the move. Like he was doing stuff. He was about the Father's business. Jesus said, I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. Jesus was busy, but he was busy doing the right things. And it says here that he himself, right, went to all the cities, all the villages, all the synagogues, healing every sickness, every disease among the people. I can only imagine the need, right? This wasn't modern medicine. People didn't go to the hospitals. There were people who lived with chronic pain, chronic diseases. They had suffered with their whole life. There was no treatment for them. So I can only imagine the amount of need, the amount of people that were pressing up against him, trying to just get a glimpse, trying to just hear, trying to just be in the same vicinity as Jesus. We're talking about a busy man. But notice what it says here in verse 36. Jesus was busy, but, everybody say, but. You see, it says, but, when he saw the multitudes. How many of you know, even when Jesus was at his busiest, he was never too busy for people. Even when Jesus was busy, he still saw people. He saw people in their hurt. He saw people in their pain. And it says he saw the multitudes, but he was moved with what? With compassion. He was on the move. He was already busy, but there was something else that was taking place here. Not only was Jesus busy doing, he was busy being moved with compassion because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Let me give you a little bit more background here. Jesus was ministering to the Jewish people. And the Jewish people at this time, they were under Roman rule. They were considered less than. They were considered second citizens. They, 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 they were looked down upon. They were spit upon. They were heavily taxed, heavily burdened. They could barely afford to live if support their family at all. They were beginning to have no hope. They were lost. They were weary. They were tired. Can anybody relate? Where you're just trying and trying and you just keep spinning the wheel and you're hoping, oh Lord, I hope there's breakthrough at some point. I hope there's something on the other side. And Jesus saw the people in this condition. He saw them weary. He saw them scattered. He saw them, and it says that there was no one there to help them. He recognized there was nobody available to help them put things into perspective, to show them who they really were. And it says they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. But notice, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. How many of you know there is a power in compassion? That word compassion, it's the Greek word splagnizomai, which literally means to be affected by sympathy and compassion deep in, one, in one's inner being, way down to the bowels. This isn't just an observation. This wasn't just noticing. This was something on the inside where I must do something about what's happening 
I must step in. And so this word means that there's more than knowing that there's a problem. It is an overwhelming feeling. And so Jesus, he saw the multitudes and he's looking at them and he's wondering who is going to help them? Who is going to reach out to them? Who's going to instruct them? Who's going to teach them? Who's going to bring healing to their lives? Jesus was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion. How many of you know, and aren't you thankful that Jesus saw the multitudes? How many of you are thankful that Jesus sees you? And that the reason you're here is because Jesus sees you and he wants to know you. He wants to express himself to you. He's not a mystery. We, it gets, he, God gets somehow marketed as like this mysterious aura or presence, but he's, he wants to be known by his people. But so often we get caught up in what we feel. We get so caught up in our struggle that we oftentimes miss the very expression of who he is. It's why, when we, it's why it's so important when we come into gatherings like this and we begin to worship the Lord, that, that is the only appropriate response to his presence, amen? The only appropriate response is to begin to declare who he is. The only appro the appropriate response is to bow and worship, to lift our voice, to lift our hands. That's why we worship the way that we do because we're recognizing, no, this is a moment. There is something that the Lord wants us to see in this moment. And I'm telling you guys, that's why it's so important that when the worship leader might say something like, let's lift our hands together. How many of you know that's a moment? And that worship leader is being entrusted to lead the people into the presence of God because the Lord wants to do something. That's why it's so important when, when, the, when someone says, let's begin to sing to the Lord, that we do it. Why? Because the Lord wants to do something. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss the Lord in the moment. I don't want to be so busy about my preference where I say, well, that's not my style. I don't worship like that. And we miss it. We miss it because of our own whatever, insecurity, our own comfortability, our pride, whatever it is, may we die to ourselves and let the Lord be glorified. May we die to our offenses. Maybe you've been hurt by people in the church. Everybody has. The church is not perfect. The church makes mistakes. But how many of you know we look to the one who is perfect? Who never fails. Our, our hurt and our past wounds should never define our worship to the Lord. We worship based on who he is, not what we feel. Is this okay? Like, what I'm not saying is, is we're looking for robots and everybody worship the Lord the same way, but there is a move of the Spirit and there is oftentimes a unified movement in a moment. Let's be quiet before the Lord. Lift your voice and sing in the Spirit. These aren't people's instructions. These are the Lord's instructions. This is so important that we understand God is not a mystery. 
He is God. And he loved us so much that he literally became one of us. We just sang those lyrics. You didn't want heaven without us, so you came down. Does Jesus want to be known by you? Yes. Is there things that you don't know? Yes. So what is required? A humble heart that is hungry for more of him, that will die to yourself, that will die to your preference, and that says, Lord, I'm with you, I'm here for you, and I'll do whatever you say. That's the heart that receives. Do not expect to come into church and be dead on the inside and expect to receive anything from the Lord. That we would come into his presence and, and, and we say, let's, let's lift our voice to the Lord and we just, I'm just gonna go on my phone. We miss it. Don't miss it. Amen? Aren't you thankful Jesus sees us? And the Lord wants to do a work in our hearts where we would see people the way he sees people. That we would be moved with compassion. Jesus saw the need. And he began to pray over the sick and he began to heal the sick, amen? I wanna look at Jesus in another situation. Just turn a couple chapters over to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew 14. Starting at verse six, this is Jesus in another situation. Matthew 14, verse six through 14. Everybody's gonna be like, why are we reading about this? This is so, all right. Matthew 14, verse six. If you look at the header of the chapter, spoiler alert, John the Baptist is beheaded. Okay, verse six. But when Herod's birthday was celebrated, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod. Herod was the one in charge. And he was pleased with her dancing. Therefore, he promised with an oath to give her whatever she might ask. So she, having been prompted by her mother, saying, give me John the Baptist's head on a platter. And the king was sorry. Nevertheless, because of the oaths and because of those who sat with him, he commanded it to be given to her. So he sent and had John beheaded in prison. And his head was brought on a platter and given it to the girl and she brought it to her mother. Then his disciples came and took away the body and buried it and went and told Jesus. I say this because oftentimes we, there's, a, there's a move of the Lord in our lives and then oftentimes there's obstacles, difficult situations, things that happen that the enemy purposes to derail us or to get us off task or to get us to look at self. How many of you know John the Baptist and Jesus were very close? They almost had a tag team style ministry. John the Baptist was the one that was baptizing people in the Jordan and said, I'm not the Messiah. And Jesus walks up and he says, behold, the lamb, the lamb of God, the one who takes away the sins of the people. This was the one who saw Jesus at a deeper level than anybody else. They were, they were friends. They were family. Jesus loved John the Baptist. And here we are in Matthew 14. Jesus is beginning his ministry. People are being taught 
they're being set free, right? They're becoming, there's a revelation of who they are and, and, and who God has called them to be. And people are being healed and awesome things are happening. And wouldn't you know, if, as soon as things are happening, difficult times come. And often with those difficult times, such as your beloved friend being murdered, senselessly. You would think if anybody had an excuse to say, I just need a moment to myself, it would have been Jesus in this moment. Upon hearing this news, no reason. Anybody ever say things like, I just need a little me time? Or we, the popular term in, in today's church is boundaries. Don't, don't step to, I need boundaries. Hey, can you serve? No, boundaries. <laughs> hey, we're doing this awesome thing. The Lord's called, we're, I, I feel like the Lord's asking our church to do. I, would you, no, boundaries, right? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm actually working with the guy who wrote that book right now. Good guy. Good guy. So listen to this. Let's look at verse 13. It says, when Jesus heard this news, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot. In other words, he couldn't get away. Verse 14 says, and when Jesus went out, he saw, everybody say he saw. It says he saw a great multitude and notice, he was moved with compassion for them. Oh, that we would understand this. Jesus, in perhaps one of the most desperate moments of his life, perhaps sorrowful moments, leading even before the cross. And here he is, he still sees people, and he's still moved with compassion. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. He's never too busy to see you. When he went out, he saw a great multitude. He was moved with compassion. And what did he do? He healed their sick. I don't, I don't know about you, but I think everybody in this moment would have understand that if Jesus would have come out and just said, hold on, everybody, I just need, I need you to leave. I just need a moment. I think everybody there would have understood but that's not who Jesus is. He knew, Jesus knew this is a significant moment. This is a significant step to the cross, to this ministry being fulfilled, and yet Jesus still saw people. And here, people are being led because they were seeing. I believe the Lord is saying, I want to do a work of compassion in your heart. Didn't Jesus say, freely you have received, now freely give, right? Raise your hand if you've received from Jesus. I should see every hand. Every hand. You cannot come to Jesus and not receive. You can't. You should never come into this place, into this room, and not receive from him. And if you do, we need to check some things or we need to move on and get another pastor, okay? Right. 
We always say it's not a me problem, it's a you problem, right? Jesus always will give. Every time. And he gives us exactly what we need. And I believe the Lord is saying to us, I, I want to open your eyes to people around you because there are people that need what you have been given. No matter how much you have, maybe you've been at church for most of your life for years and years and years, or maybe you just come and you just gave your life to the Lord. How many of you know freely you ever received? Freely give. That is to every believer. Freely you have received, now freely give. And I believe the Lord is saying, let me open your eyes to people. Because when you see people, they will see me because of the heart of compassion I'm giving you. Right? When we are moved with compassion, it is opportunities for people to know the Lord better because the Lord will use you in that moment to minister hope to minister salvation, to minister deliverance, to minister healing. Amen? He was moved with compassion and he healed. He was moved with compassion and healed. Say it again. He was moved with compassion and healed. I want you to notice compassion and love causes the power of God to go into operation. I'm going to tell you this right now. We need to be at church. We need moments where we come into his presence and where we hear the Lord and we receive from the Lord. But the most, most significant moments of your life in ministry will not happen in the church. The best jewels on your crown when you spend eternity in heaven will happen outside of the building. In those one-on-one -on -one conversations where you see people and you bring Jesus to them. I've received something, and I want to give this to you. Those are the most meaningful moments to the Lord, that you would stop what you're doing, that you would set aside your agenda, your time, your plans, and you see people, and you bring Jesus to them. How many of you know those are the best jewels on our crown? Somebody say amen. It's not any message for me. It's not any message that I'll ever preach. It's me seeing people and giving them Jesus. Freely you have received, freely give. I want to close with this out of Luke 15. Luke 15, starting at verse 11. And this is a story Jesus is telling. Many of you are familiar with it. Then Jesus said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. This young man was asking for his inheritance a little early. So he divided to them his livelihood, and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. Prodigal means partying, wasteful living. But when he had spent all, 
There arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. How many of you know when we go and do our own thing, oftentimes it ends up not so satisfying? If you've given your life to the Lord and you try to do your own thing, you're in for a rude awakening. Amen? It's the cost of following Jesus. It's a good one, though. You'll not, you, it's the best investment you'll make. All right, where was I? 14. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that swine ate, and no one gave him anything. He's in a desperate place. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of those, one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. Get this picture. Get this picture. When he arose and he came to his father, this man didn't deserve anything. He wasted everything. But he did the right thing, didn't he? He came to his father. And when he was still a great way off, notice, his father saw him and had compassion. And he ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. How many of you know the Lord restores us to our rightful place? Beautiful. You think you've wasted your life. You think you wasted your opportunity. You think God could never love you. Just come back to him and he'll restore it. Amen? And bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. We're going to party. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Everybody say, thank you, Lord. You know, this prodigal, is, of course, talking about all of us. Each one of us. All of us were far from the Lord, living a life of selfish ambition, gratifying self, walking and living in sin. And at some point, and through some awareness, we began to turn to the Lord. And it says here, it says in verse 20, he arose and he came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. You know, I always assume the reason the father ran or saw him and ran to him is because the father loved him and the father missed him, right? And so wouldn't it make sense? I've missed you and now I'm going to run to you. But notice it says the father saw him from where? a great way off. What does that mean? The father was looking for him. It was almost as though the father was going through his day, going through the routine, 
feeding the cattle or the swine or cleaning the garage. That's probably what I would be doing, right? And just organizing, doing whatever, going about his day. But every, in everything that he would do, his eyes were always up looking, hoping. I wonder if my son's coming today. I wonder if he's coming back. I, can't, I just can't wait to be with him. I can't wait to have him in my presence and to love him and to be with him and to give him everything. I just am, he was looking. And when he saw him a great way off, he was so excited. It says that he had compassion on him. It's the same word, that Greek word, splagnizomai, where he was moved with compassion to run to him. How many of you know compassion causes you to move? Amen? May the Lord do a work of compassion in us that we would not be satisfied with those in our family who do not know the Lord. May we never be satisfied with people that the Lord has placed in our lives who do not know him. May we never be satisfied with the friends and the people that the Lord has placed in our lives and yet their marriage is falling apart. They're destroying themselves because they are bound with addiction. They're hurting and in pain, and we let them sit in their pain. May we never, never not have eyes of compassion because the Lord had compassion for us. Amen? The Father sees you, and he's moved with compassion. And I'm telling you, when you come to the Lord, get this picture in your heart and never lose it. When you come to the Lord on a Sunday, not only does the Lord see you, he runs to you. And he says, here I am. Here, let me, let me take off those rags. Let me take off those dirty clothes. Let me put, the, let me, let me get that family ring back on your finger. Let me, I, I, I've been, when you were away, I got the best tailor and I made the best garment for you. Isn't that what Jesus does? He brings us back to him. And let's, he doesn't leave us where we are. He makes us like him. The father's saying, I don't dress in rags. No, no, no. Let me give you my clothing. Let me give you my best. Amen? May we never gather together as a church, come to the presence of the Lord, and we just stand there. Ungrateful. Oh, I wonder when this is going to be done because I got, you know, things to go do. Do you see the inappropriate? The Lord wants you to know him. He's so available. But sometimes, and I'm guilty of this, you guys. 
we come in and we go through the motion looking to do our next thing. And we miss him. We just walk over the hill and we just keep going that way. And we never actually come. Do you see how this is so important? It's just so, so, so easy. I'm coming to you, Lord. Lord, I've been doing my own thing this week. This week, ooh. Lord, I'd, I've had, I said some things. I did some things. But Jesus, I'm coming back to you because you make all things new. You restore me to who you've called me to be. Amen? Mm. The Lord is moved with compassion for us. Now may we be moved with compassion for others. You can't be touched by the Lord and be satisfied with people hurting and broken in your life. You can't have received from him and be okay. Because you know what's at stake. You know where you would be if it wasn't for him. Anybody? I know who I would be if it wasn't for the Lord. You guys like me. You wouldn't like me without the Lord. I'm telling you right now. Can we stand together? Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. We're going to go to the Lord. Let's lift our hands. Just begin to thank the Lord for his word. Talk to him. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead, tell him. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, I thank you for what you're speaking to me and for the work that you're doing in my heart right now. With your hands lifted, I'm just going to say, the work and the compassion that the Lord is making available to us, it cannot be found anywhere else in the world. It is only from him. You find it in born-again people who yield themselves and ask the Lord, Lord, fill me with this. Lord, I want to become more like you. Fill me with this kind of compassion. Say it. Lord, fill me with this compassion. Lord, take away my callous heart so that I can see people and be filled with compassion and be used by you because you will meet their need. Do a work in my heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And if you're here today, and I'm going to ask every head stay bowed and every eye closed and maybe you've it's been a while since you've come to the Lord maybe you've never come to him and the Lord is calling you and saying I want you to give me your everything I want you to give me your life I want you to follow me and allow me to be a father to you if you are here today and you want to give your life to the Lord I'm going to have you just look at me look at me good good amen amen we're going to pray this prayer. Everybody's going to pray this out loud together. 
out loud together in a voice loud enough for the person next to you here, but let's just keep our hands lifted. And just say this with me, Jesus, I give my life to you. You are the Lord of my life. You gave it all for me so that I could be with you. You took my sin and died on a cross and you were raised to life. You've defeated death and now you have given me life with you forever. And so Jesus, I receive the life you have for me. And from this day forward, I will follow you. I will do what you ask because I'm not my own. I was bought at a price and that price was your blood. And so I'm thankful, Lord, that I have life with you that you are seated on the throne, that you are interceding on my behalf, and that you want the very best for me. I'm gonna pray over you now. Let's lift our hands. Let's lift our hands. And Lord, I pray for every person here. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that we are getting a glimpse of who you are, but Lord, I pray that you would open every eye in this place to more fully see you. Lord, give us a hunger. Give us a thirst, Lord, for more of you. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you satisfy, Lord, that you fill us. Lord, I pray that you would fill every person here, that they would be filled with your spirit. Lord, that you are in them, that you would come upon them. And Lord, your word says that I will send my spirit and you will receive power. And so Lord, I pray, Lord, that your spirit would come upon every person, that you would fill us in the name of Jesus. And Lord, that we would go out and Lord, that we would give what we have freely received today in Jesus' name. Lord, that we would not keep it to ourselves, but Lord, that we would love freely, that we would give freely, that we would pray freely, Lord, that we would believe freely, that we would mourn with others freely, freely we have received. Now, Lord, let us give it. Let us give it in Jesus' name as we go from this place. We all said amen. 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 The Lord is good. Amen? All right. Aren't you thankful for Jesus? Yeah. Aren't you thankful that he shows us who he is? Yeah, me too. All right. Before you're dismissed, let's love some people around us. Introduce yourself to someone that maybe you don't know. Tom, it's good to see him. We'll see you guys next Sunday, 10 o'clock.